Hey everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. I break down UFC 278 on pay-per-view Eve with my boy Eve Edwards. We talk about the X's and O's of every single fight on the main card. Also talking BKFC London with BKFC president Dave Feldman. It's MVP versus Mike Platinum Perry. What does he think about the main event and the future of Bare Knuckle? We got MMA knowledge. That's why we all, but we stored it all in our brain. Eve Edwards, how you doing, my man? I am good, Jimmy, man. It's really good to see you. When did you start hosting this show? Two years ago. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Every time I've been, the past couple of times I've been on, I've, I've had your guest host to talk to. And I'm so happy to get to talk to Jimmy because you're my boy, dog. You're my boy, you're my dude. Boy, Known you for a long time. Love you to death, bro. So, ahem. once again, we trained together. Kelly was two. It was two the first time I rolled with Eve Edwards to Team Punishment. Anyway, moving on, moving on to to less depressing subjects. Kamara Usman, Leon Edwards. Let's start with the main event uh, for this weekend's UFC. Kamara Usman, looking other level, man. Uh, Has the knockout power, has the takedown, gas tank for days. He's big for 170 pounds. Leon Edwards, a slick striker for sure, doesn't have a ton of knockout power. One of the things callers keep telling me is Kamara Usman is looking past Leon Edwards. He's not mentally in it. He's talking about 205. He's talking about other stuff. Do you think that might be a factor? You know, I don't think so for Kamaru, man, because people think he may be looking past Leon Edwards because of the way he's talking. But I just feel like he he has this mentality that I, that I had for a while where it's like, I'm not looking past this guy. I'm just going to run through him. You know, so it's it's... It's one of those things where, yeah, Leon Edwards, just like you said, he's a slick striker. But when we when we talk about these guys fought before and you look at the time frame and what's happened in between then, you know, Usman's striking has, has improved by leaps and bounds. And yeah, Leon Edwards striking has improved, not as markedly, you know, you you can you can you can tell that that Kamaru was just so much of a better striker, but as Leon's wrestling closed the gap between his and Kamaru's, because Kamaru's striking has closed the gap between him and Leon's for sure. So let me ask you, man, because you were a great striker. You were lean. You were tall for 155. You had good reach. But you could knock guys out. You you had enough snap that push came to shove. You could trade punches and knock somebody out. Leon Edwards, there's one thing lacking from his striking game in the 10 fights we've talked about. He hasn't lost, right? Hasn't lost since the Kwan Usman fight. One knockout in that space. He's a, the great striker without the knockout power. Could that lack of power kind of catch up to him in this fight? It definitely could, but I really don't like I, I I was slick, I was smooth, I still am, but I um, <laughs> but you had decent I, power I, at fifty five. You did, I, I remember. Yeah, I I appreciate you saying that, man, because I I didn't feel like I was one of those guys who had the power, like say of a Jeremy Stevens or guys like that. You know, I think a lot of my knockouts came from yeah, I had some speed and speed plus mass equals power, but um. I think I, I caught guys off guard with, with that speed. You know, you're, you're not paying attention or you get hit with the shots that you don't see. Those are the ones that will definitely put you down. Um, I think Kamaru has that kind of speed and he has that kind of power. I think Leon Edwards has that kind of power, but his volume, man, he's got to up his volume. If you want to start clipping these guys, he's got to put more offense out there. And um, against a guy like Usman, that offense could get you in trouble because he's going to close that distance, tie you up or get to those legs. And, and then that's a problem. Even for a guy with takedown defense like Leon Edwards, 
I think Kamaru Usman in on your legs is a serious problem. What about, I'm speaking to Eve Edwards, right? Pay-per-view Eve talking about this weekend. Um, Leon Edwards, we talk about his opponents leading up to this. Some tough guys, Cowboy Cerrone, Rafael Dos Anjos, Brian Barbarena, Nate Diaz. None of those guys big physical wrestlers. So tell me, a guy with your experience, one of the things that, you know, when you were getting in the octagon, there were very few guys you couldn't look at, across that guy and go, I've beaten a guy like that. I've beaten somebody like you. Leon Edwards can't really say that. It's not his fault, but the prep going into this fight, it, he hasn't beaten a lot of big physical wrestlers. What are your thoughts on that? A lot of those wrestlers, all, a lot of those names that you just mentioned, 155 pounders also, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's that's kind of crazy. Um, he hasn't beaten a lot of big physical wrestlers. And, I mean, Gilbert Burns is the only guy at the top of the division, I would say, is not truly a wrestler. But um, his wrestling is super strong. But, yeah, he hasn't faced any of those guys. Gilbert, um, 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 he's fought Kamaru. He did, did well in that first fight. But, again, that was years ago. And that was, what, shoot, almost 10 fights ago for, for Edwards and also yeah. quite a few fights ago for, for Kamaru. You know, and the, the just just the growth that we've seen since then from Kamaru. I think Kamaru is just too much for for almost everybody in the division. We saw Colby give him a test two times, but he passed that test. I I, I would say with flying colors. Um, everybody's excited about the Kamzat test, but but after seeing Gilbert Burns, you know, you, you start to see you start to see that 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 Kamaru could potentially dominate that fight. Also, Leon Edwards is a different test, yes, but he took this one before. And I feel like he's just so much better prepared. Come on, with with Edwards not facing facing the, the 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 level of guys that Kamaru has in these past couple of years, man, I think that's a detriment to him stepping into this one. And um, there's just there's just so much on the Kamaru side of this that's a positive that um makes it just makes it look like Leon Edwards is not Leon Edwards is not the bet to take for this one. Uh, let's shift gears and talk about a co-main event that leading into the fight has kind of, to me, kind of stolen the show with the trash talk and his comments about the UFC. Luke Rockhold coming back to take on Paulo Costa. Two models going at it. Tactically, what you thought about this fight, man? Uh, okay, so <laughs> my, where this fight is concerned, I'm... I'm I'm interested in it for sure, but I'm not super excited because I feel like Luke Rockhold is at the on the tail end of his career. He, he hasn't looked good in his last two outings, and um, I think he might be a little chinny, especially since that since Bisbing Bisbing touched that chin, you know. Um, and then where Polo Costa is, is concerned, I think he's a bully, and I think Israel kind of exposed him. I don't think he's um he's as tough. As as everyone or everyone or he wanted everyone to believe he was prior to that Israel fight. He's you know he's 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 pops off at the mountain. I feel like he's the kind of guy to hear me say so, or hear that I've said something like this, and then he wants to come after me like a fifty fiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I I want Rockhold to win this one because I, I am not a, a Paulo Costa fan. But I. I t- I'm interested in the fight for sure. And I do want to see, see, I like, honestly, I like seeing both of those guys get knocked out. And that's kind of, it's kind of a. <laughs> I said I, that. I'm like, this is a fight of two unlikable guys that nobody, so, they're fighting each other, right? It's almost like you can't lose. You can't lose. I mean, the greatest <laughs> possible outcome is a double knockout with two losses, but <laughs> that's not realistic, you know? So I, I'm, I'm interested in the outcome of this one. 
but but these two models, I just want those 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 two quote unquote pretty faces to get beat up. That's right. I, I feel you. I feel you on that one. So uh, we were talking before uh, we got on air about how we feel everything we do. We're both 45 years old. I'm coming up on 45. Um, Jose Aldo has to be in his 50s in fight years, 31 and 7. Um, also looked really sucked up on the scale, had to do it t- twice, and he's taken on Marab Dvalishvili, a guy with an endless gas tank who loves to wrestle. Is this a recipe for disaster for Jose Aldo? Tell me about it. Man, with Aldo's res- resume, I can't look at this fight and think even though Marab Dvalishvili has good takedowns, offense, um, he's, he's just put so much pressure on his opponents. I, I still don't feel like looking at the resume – that's that's something that makes me think, oh, this is a bad fight for Jose Aldo. But then when you mention the age, how many miles is on him inside the octagon, and then you look at that pressure, I think this could this could be the the fight that kind of shows Jose Aldo's age. You know, I mean, we've seen him not look as good as he had on his run as as the featherweight champion, um, but Darius Vili is 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 one of those guys that just has that gas tank to put that pressure on you and keep coming. And yes, Jose Aldo at one point, he had the best takedown defense inside the octagon, but I don't think that holds up against a guy like Marab, man, with, with all that pressure, that pace that he puts on you, and he's going to keep coming forward. Now, Aldo still has that power. That power is one of the last things to go, and he's still slick on his feet. If he, if he can touch that chin, whether it be with the knees or with those hands, like that's going to be a problem. If he can slow Marab down with those leg kicks, that's a possibility. But I, I find it hard to see it going that way with, with, with the pressure Marab constantly coming forward. It's hard to throw leg kicks when you're backing up. Knees are a more, more potable option, but I mean, he's closing that distance and taking away that, that range for knees also. This is a tough fight for, for Jose Aldo, but Aldo being the consummate professional that he is, I know he's going to be prepared and this is going to be a war. Darsh really can't look at him and think the age is going to be on my side. I mean, he's got to come prepared for a fight, which he seems to always do. So I think he's ready for this one. And I always root for Aldo, but but Rob is one of those tough SOBs. And I think he's he's going to bring it. He's bringing his A game. I mean, he's, he's fighting a legend. And when you fight a legend, that that you have to go into the office every single day, just excited about that, chomping at the bit. You get to take out a legend, man. And uh, I, I hope Aldo is, is prepared for, for somebody to come after him because I believe that's what Darish Vili is going to do. Uh, let's shift gears before I let you go. Kamara Usman, all time right now. It is GSP and Kamara Usman. Right now I have GSP still number one at 170. Kamara Usman number two. What would it take for you to put Kamara Usman number one all time at 170 pounds? Would a, would a dominant win over Leon Edwards do it? Is it Leon Edwards and then Kamzat Shemaev? What would it take for you, or maybe you already put him there, for Kamara Usman to be number one at 170? So... I do put Kamaru Usman at number one all-time in 170. Here's my reasoning, right? Please. Um, the textbooks are better. The guys are just better. This, the the, the, the yeah. athletes fighting at the highest level right now are better than they were 10 years ago, you know? And um, I think GSP is, a, he, like he, I said, he's, he's a consummate martial artist. He's still getting better in the sport, in, inside martial arts, not necessarily just in mixed martial arts. He's trying to improve his skill set, all kinds of things, gymnastics, his balance, all these different things that, that that GSP works on. He's still working on those things, but he's no longer competing. We saw him come back in 185, 
dominate Bisbing, but at the same time, that I mean, 185 is at the time it definitely wasn't what 170 was at the time when yeah. when Kamara was on his rise, and I think Kamara was just fought slightly tougher guys. Now, that doesn't I don't want to take anything away from from GSP because he set the tone. He was the bar for a long time, and I believe a guy like Kamara Usman, as he's looking at the sport of mixed martial arts, that's a guy that he looks up to and and and. and and model some of his things after, you know, but without GSP, Kamara Usman wouldn't be what he is today. So I, I got to give GSP his props, but I put Kamara Usman there. And um, to solidify that for the rest of the world, I think, I, I don't think the Leon Edwards is the fight. I think Kobe Covington's yes, but then the Kamzat Shemaev. If he walks through Kamzat Shemaev, I don't think anybody has, has an argument to make against him being the greatest welterweight of all time. I agree with that. Right now, I have GSP number one. If he beats Leon Edwards and then Kamzat Shemaev, especially in dominant fashion, I'll put him number one where you put him. Eve, you are the man. I always appreciate catching up with you, brother. Thank you for joining us yet again, man. Always fun time talking to you, Jimmy. And let's do this again. You got to stop hosting those WWE shows so, so we can talk more often. Or maybe bring hey, me on there to talk about some power slams. All right, you know it, dude. Here's what we'll do, man. I'll do the next one, pay-per-view Eve, with uh, with you, and then I'll take you on the road with me. We'll go to WWE. Does that work? And we'll meet my up man, on the show. I love all right? it. Tickets on me. I love it. All right? Eve Edwards, ladies and gentlemen, my boy. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. David Feldman, BKFC president right now, setting up the show in London. Thank you so much for joining us. First question I have, what's that energy like in the UK when it comes to bare knuckle, when it comes to your promotion, man? What's it like going over there? I mean, it's getting, it's it's really, it, it was great for us. So I'm, I'm stumbling on words because it was just like a lot of people knew about this, this combat sport over here, and I wasn't sure if they did or not. I knew we would do good with MVP, but I wasn't sure if they knew about what we were already building. And it's a lot of fan base over here, man. It's it's going to be amazing. And, you know, we're at, we're at the Wembley Arena here. We're setting up for the Wembley Arena tomorrow night. You know, it's kind of a, an awesome moment for me and the company from where we came from to where we are right now tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon for, for, the, for the folks in the USA. All right, so let's talk about this showdown. Michael Venom Page versus Mike Platinum Perry. When I think of two guys... Uh, Striking-wise, period. Bare-knuckle, kickboxing, MMA. I can't think of two guys with a different striking style than uh, than, than Michael Venom Page and Mike Perry. It's just they're polar opposites. What do you think of this, uh, this, this, this throwdown, man? I think it really comes down to how MVP reacts when he gets hit with a bare-knuckle the first time. If he takes it and, it's, and it doesn't phase him that much, then I, it's probably going to be – not that hard of a night for him because he is one of the most dynamic strikers in all of MMA right now. You got Mike Perry who doesn't want to take a backward step, who's saying, I'll block all your shots with my head, but you know how that goes. That's not that's not a good game plan, but he's tough as nails. He's got the biggest heart in the world. He's, he's such a cool dude, too. He's really playing up to this English crowd. If he does beat MVP, I think he's going to be a superstar over here. 
Uh, how has that gone? Of course, going into hostile territory, it's not easy for anybody. But, um, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Ricky Hatton, now UK fans love Floyd Mayweather. A lot of them really became big fans after this. What do you think of that ability of Mike Perry to maybe uh, win over the London fans, who a lot of them are going to be behind MVP? Yeah, I definitely think he can do that. The crazy thing about this is is I had him and I had a, another guy in the co-main event, Joe Elmore, we're getting really crazy, talking a lot at, at the press conference, and they ended up turning all the fans on their side. It's just crazy. I think that they can do that for sure. I think they're going to be able to do that. Uh, so what has the reaction been like? And, of course, I'm uh, speaking to David Feldman, BKFC president. Um, the reactions, are they different overseas? Uh, one of the things about the U.K., man, there's a bit more of a tradition of bare knuckle over there. Um, you guys recently acquired the Bare Fist Boxing Association, which is an English bare knuckle promotion. Um, what, what's the fan base like in the UK, and what are your what are you what are your thoughts on the potential for growth in the UK? Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I, yes, we just acquired this uh, smaller company, the Bare Fist Boxing Association. They did about twenty so shows so far. They're in the small to mid level where they do like um, you know two to three thousand people per event. Uh, we're going to. Our, our goal is in 2023 to do eight shows over here, two uh, pretty big mega type of shows, and then six uh, small to medium shows to really grow this brand. You know, what we have to do is, you know, kind of similar to what the UFC, like the UFC fight night, obviously not on that on that scale, but that type of show, and then two major like numbered event shows. Um, so when you when you're looking at it now, um, this main event, what is your plan for Let's say the potential winner of this event, provided it's 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 as exciting as we think it will be, Mike Platinum Perry MVP. What are their futures looking forward in bare knuckle? I mean, MVP has his contract with Bellator, but you know, um, we'll see how that goes. You know, he definitely is interested in coming back. Um, Mike Perry, uh, you know, I think he's going to be with us uh, to run out his career. I know he said he was interested in coming back to MMA. But we're developing a great relationship. He, he, he's, he promotes a fight better than anybody. He comes in fights. And um, I don't have specific opponents in mind for them because we're, we're talking to a lot of MMA guys and a lot of uh, boxers as well to make this crossover here in the next two months. Um, as you know that we did this deal with Triller um, a, a few months back, but we actually never finalized it. We just finalized that deal actually this morning. So that deal is finally final, and that's going to allow us to have a little more of the funding that we need to bring these major, major, uh, you know, fighters over. And I think, I think it's going to be a great 2023 for BKFC. Well, let's talk a little bit about a fight that did not happen. That was, that was, she says she, she, the fight was pulled out from underneath her. This is Paige Van Zant, And she said publicly on her social media that the fight was canceled, that she did not pull out of the fight. That it was canceled out from under her. She said she was very frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. Talk to us about that. Why isn't she fighting? Um, what happened? Please fill us in if you can. Yeah, I, I can't go into real, real detail in it, but I can tell you that there's some things. It, it had nothing to do with the fighter or the fighters. It has some things to do with what they do outside of the fighting world that I was getting some some slack by some of the uh, English regulators over here. It just wasn't worth it. So I just decided to uh, not... Look, I, I ran into so many roadblocks already. I, I got a train strike here, and everybody gets here by the train, as you know. Uh, um, I, I had the Anthony Joshua fight I'm competing with, and I didn't need a lot more headaches, um, really, to deal with. So I decided it was great just to pick that fight up and move it to the end of the year. 
So, without going into great detail, it was a regulatory issue. It had nothing to do with the fighters themselves. Nothing to do with the fighters and nothing to do with them fighting. It just had some things to do with outside of the fighting. And I just didn't want to deal with it. So, it was easier for me just to not deal with it, move the fight to later in the year, and go on with this great card. Great. Do, do you have a date for Paige Van Zandt? Do her fans know when they're going to see her again? Do you have any yeah, ideas? Yeah, well, we, we tentatively scheduled her for October, not knowing that, that she couldn't do that. So, it looks like we're going to land on November 12th. It looks like November 12th for Paige Van Zandt. All right. Thank you very much for the update. Very much appreciate it. Um, what other fights on the card? You talked about Joe Elmore kind of bringing fans in in the U.K. with his trash talk and all that stuff. That's your co-main event against Connor Tierney. What are your thoughts on that fight, man? I mean, it's it can go either way. I mean, these guys both can really fight. They're both dynamic. Um, they're both really – I mean, Connor Tierney made his debut with us. He, he, he got dropped. Everybody thought he was out. He got up and knocked the guy out. So he's got a lot of heart. He's got, you know, everything you kind of need for this sport. And Joe Elmore is just on a different level right now. So um, it's going to be a great fight. Um, then we have a fight, Tyler Goodjohn versus James Lilly. James Lilly's an uh, Welshman over here. And Tyler Goodjohn's from London. Both guys have been in bare-knuckle boxing for years. Both guys can really, really fight. Another one, James Lilly, scored a one-punch knockout, I think, in like 20 seconds in his debut uh, that we did for him in, in the States. So that's going to be a great fight. We have Chris Fishgold, former UFC guy, former Bellator yep. guy. Uh, been around for a long time. He's fighting Jake Bostic, another great fight on the card. Um, Terry Brazier, another guy that's been around the UFC and Bellator for a long time. He's, he's making his debut with us as well. So he's, we got a lot of really good uh, UK uh, combat sports guys on this card. I think it's going to be a tremendous card. I think they're. I, I really think from head to toe could be the the most stacked card we've ever had. Uh, what I'm curious about too, I was just looking at your upcoming events, August 27th. That's going to be in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. John Dotson, Ryan Benoit, a two guys that we know very, very well. If you're an MMA fan, if you're a C fan, John Do uh, John Dotson, a guy who brings it every time on the feet, great puncher. Uh, what do you? How did you put that fight together and bring them into bare knuckle? What was that process like? Uh, we we've, we've been talking to Dotson for a little bit, and he went and did another MMA after the UFC and then we went to Albuquerque and everybody said is are you going to get John Dodson and we said I, I don't know I guess we're going to see so we went after him and then um Ryan Ryan Benoit popped up and we just thought that was going to be a really good matchup for his uh his inaugural fight for Big GFC so we so we made that one we also had the women's 125 pound championship fight with Christine Perea versus Taylor Starling on that card and that's going to be another great fight as well so, of course, I'm speaking to David Feldman, president of BKFC. Big fight in London. The main event, uh, Michael Venom Page versus Mike Platinum Perry. So, when you look at this fight stylistically, we all know about the ability of Michael Venom Page to slip and move and duck and all these things. But um, a lot of the, the, the combat sports experience he's had, a lot of the range he has is either in karate or in mixed martial arts. When you take those weapons away and he has two hands, um, do you think that's going to be the issue for MVP against Mike Perry, who we know is a powerful puncher? How do you see my, uh, MVP doing with a more limited bare-knuckle style set, man? I mean, look, he can punch, too. He's 2-0 as a pro boxer. He definitely has a very good striking ability with his hands, but... Really, it all comes down to what I said at the beginning of this interview, Jimmy. How does he react when he gets cracked in the face with a bare knuckle? You know, does it phase him differently? Meaning, look, no one wants to get hit with a glove or a bare knuckle. But when he gets hit, is he like, oh, is he shine away? Is he, you know, does it affect him in a different way? Or is he like, 
okay, it's just another punch and he keeps coming forward. So, you know, that's going to, what I think is going to be, you know, the key to this whole entire fight. But I mean, you got a guy like Mike Perry who, who actually told me tonight, I said, um, you know, I said, how you feeling? He said, I can't lose. I said, awesome, man. He said, no, no, David, look at me. I cannot lose this fight. I will not lose this fight. So I don't know. His confidence is, is sky high and he's a tough dude. He eats punches. He comes forward. He can crack. He's got power. You know, so I think it's going to be an, an amazing main event. Uh, I remember uh, MVP fighting a guy named Dave the Caveman Rickles. That was in London as well. And David Rickles kept saying, I'm going to take the heart out of MVP. I'm going to show that he doesn't have any heart and I'm a warrior. Dave Rickles quit. He got cut. He got hit. Couldn't find MVP with a flashlight and a baseball bat. Couldn't find him and got cracked and just turned the referee and said, I quit. That's, I, just, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I've seen guys break mentally fighting MVP because they get frustrated. Do you think that's something where just the way Mike Platinum Perry's built isn't going to happen? You're going to have to knock him out. You can do that, but you can't get him to quit mentally. Do you think that's going to happen with Mike Perry? I don't think he's going to quit mentally. I don't. I think he's going to find a way. Look, you, you know, talking straight, I think he would yeah. he would do something stupid and get disqualified before he quit. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. that's like that me, that me and you both know. I don't think he's going to quit. I don't think he has that in him. I don't think he can get mentally frustrated like that. You know, he's a, he's actually a smart dude. I mean, it's hard to realize when I have a good conversation with him, but when you talk to him in public and, you know, on interviews, he doesn't sound, you know, like he's the smartest guy in the world, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but this dude is a smart dude. His vocabulary is crazy. Um, and he's, he, you know, he just, he's going to fight hard. I, I can't see him quitting, Jimmy. I just can't see that happening. So when you talk about your goals, how this fight, of course, is huge. A lot of people talking about it. You talked about the fight in Albuquerque coming up. That's going to be great. You plan to have a great 2023. What are your goals long term for Bare Knuckle? Let's say end of next year, things keep going the way you want them to go. And when we started talking, Bare Knuckle was just getting started. Now it's much, much bigger. What are your goals for the future of this promotion? I mean, look, we just signed a deal with Fox Support Days. That's, you know, that's a stepping stone into Fox. So who knows what happens there? They love it. We did uh, we did a few shows uh, back with them, um, and we did great viewership. I mean, we just signed a deal with, with uh, Disney in, in Latin America and South America, and Jimmy, our, our numbers 10x, 10x from the first time we were on. It's crazy. Wow. We're doing doing just unbelievable numbers so i mean where are we going to be i think we can be among the number two or three combat sports promotion in the world i really do I'm, I'm not saying this you know cocky or anything like that i think just by the nature of how adaptable this sport is to the common person that this thing can really grow now with the team i'm going to bring in and with the funding that i have to do this i just think that we can get there in the next two years uh when you talk about latin america of course a huge rich history of boxing Best boxers in the world a lot of times come from Latin America and that tradition of combat sports. But bare knuckle roots a little bit more in the U.K. Uh, what are your thoughts about expanding in Latin America? I imagine there must be a, a, a lot of interest there for you. A hundred percent. We're actually we're going to know probably on Monday if we're doing October 28th in, in, in Lima, Peru. Um, we may be down there for that for that day that we can get everything organizing time our 155 pound, pound champion Luis Palomino is from there be a great yep. homecoming for him we're definitely going to Mexico we're, de um, we're going to uh, Dominican Republic we're going to probably Puerto Rico it looks like as well I, I think we just got everything legalized there so we're definitely going into Latin America Mexico and South America for sure 
it's a fight rich uh, culture down there and you know they love what we're doing I did one show back in 2019 in Cancun and I went around with, with, with my translator because I don't speak Spanish and they all went like this they said boxeo no more seguante 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 is clean fist they said boxeo no more seguante I was like big smile <laughs> on my face so you know I obviously we're not taking over boxing we're not taking over mixed martial arts but we're another great fun exciting and fast-paced alternative all right so I know you're the promoter. I know that you can't take sides when it comes to the main event. But the people that are going to watch Mike Platinum Perry take on Mike, Michael Venom Page, right, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. By the way, check it out on the new BKFC app. It's just $4.99 to subscribe. What do you expect them to see when they tune in for the main event? It's going to be a great main event. I mean, look, you got you got one guy that won't quit and the other guy that's in his hometown. He's actually in his hometown here, MVP, not just in, in London, but in Wembley. This is where he lives. This is where he grew up. Everybody knows him here. This is going to be a great, great fight. I think it's going to be a little technical for the first round or so, and then it's going to just turn into a war, just like all the bare-knuckle fights do. It's hard, really, to have a bad bare-knuckle fight anywhere in the world, in the streets or in the bar, but especially inside this square circle. So much appreciate you, David Feldman, President BKFC. Good luck setting everything up in London. Hope you have a great show, man. Awesome, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, bro. Unlocking the Cage is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Serious XM Podcasts.